all of the paths that we are creating to create more simplicity in our lives. Although it seems like we want more of something else, ultimately they keep coming back to simplicity. And the way that we're going to get to those things is actually by editing and returning to simplicity again and again and again. Hi, welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Let It Out with me, your host, Katie Dalebout. Usually I have long form conversations with people who I admire and know. Sometimes they're my close friends, which is the case with this week's episode. And sometimes they're people I've never met before who become friends or sometimes they don't, but I always have a tender spot in my heart for the guests of this podcast. Anyway, this week's episode is not one of those long-form conversations. You might know by the music that you're hearing behind me and not hearing the traditional Let It Out theme song. If you're a seasoned Let It Out listener, you know about this series. It's called Happy Thank You More Please. It's based off of my favorite movie, the 2010 film of the same name, directed by Josh Radner. And if you want to know more about the series and the impetus of it, you can listen to that episode with Josh from a couple months ago. And we've had one other Happy Thank You More Please series episode with my friend Ella that you can listen to as well. But essentially, you know, what this series is, is me talking to people that I love and uh, and will be sometimes people I, I don't know and I'm sure will come to love. They come with three cues, right? Three things queued up, something they're happy about, something they're grateful for, and something they're craving more of. And we talk about those cues that they brought, but really it just becomes a conversation about them around that. And I say this in the episode, but I think people really come alive talking about what they love and what they want more of, what they're craving and what they're grateful for. And I can't think of a better week to air one of these episodes in this series because here in America, it is the week of Thanksgiving where we traditionally think a bit more about gratitude. Anyway, here I am with my two favorite Australians. Actually, one favorite Australian and the other one is one of my best friends, uh, Aaron's husband, Noah, who is not Australian. He's from Michigan, actually, just like me. His name is Noah Chekel. He has not been on the podcast before. As we discussed, this is his first podcast, and he's just a gem. And you probably know Aaron if you've been listening for a while. She is an herbalist and an author, and her second book is going to be out soon. She just finished the manuscript, which is a huge congratulations to her. And Noah is designing the book, and They're both two phenomenal people who I have gotten to know in such a deeper way this year. And we talk about friendship and our friendship quite a bit in this episode. And I want to get to that as as soon as possible. But basically just support Erin and and follow everything she does because she's the best. And this episode is not about her work in any way. If you want to learn more about her, go back to my previous episode with her. But in this episode, we talk about... We have a really fun conversation. We talk about everything from persimmons to the music of Big Thief to the film Sister Act 2. And anyway, you're going to love it. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so grateful. Check out 
the rest of the archive. If you're new here, welcome. I've been doing this for a long time. There's, you know, we're almost at 320 episodes and I love doing it. And I am very excited about this series and keeping the podcast fresh because I've been doing it for nearly a decade at this point. And this series allows me to do something a little bit different. So thank you for being here. I'm so grateful. And I will speak to you at the end. And at the end every week, I pick an emoji for the episode that reminds me of the guest or that we choose together. So stick around for that. And I have you commented on my Instagram and their Instagram. But this week, there's a special treat at the end. We do a BuzzFeed quiz as a family. And if you feel like listening to that, that will play us out. And I just want to say for those of you who are not traveling this year and would be or would be with your families. I hope this adds a little bit of coziness to your week and I hope that you're feeling good wherever you are. Thank you guys so much for doing this. I'm here with two of my favorite people in the the world actually are here and I'm so excited that we've we had so many great conversations in Australia when I was with you. And now that it's a pandemic, this is really just an excuse for us to talk and have it on the calendar. And I'm so happy to have you as the third episode of Happy Thank You More, Please. We're so happy to be here. <laughs> Aaron and Noah, my friends. Hello. We send each other, we have a group text chain, the three of us, where we send each other voice texts every single day. It's one of my favorite things about my life <laughs> that I have you guys in it. Um, and not to brag, but Noah, this is Noah. I think it's your first podcast. And yes. I was also the first voice text that Noah ever sent, which is a really big honor to me. <laughs> it's a big deal. Sorry about the growling, barking dogs. This is like real lockdown life here altogether <laughs> in the room. We, oh, they're perfect. They're part of this. It's a really big deal because Noah, literally, like you just don't get into a lot of phone communication, do you? No. <laughs> Except with me, yeah. which is such an honor, honestly. I feel very loved and I love talking with you guys. And that that's another thing. Like Aaron and I, I think, talked about that in our episode of my podcast, but voice texting would maybe be one of my things I would bring to this podcast because especially in quarantine times, but even normally, or if your friends are on a different hemisphere, it's a really great way of communication that I think a lot of people are warming up to now, but even a year ago felt a bit more niche. Do you feel like that? Yeah, like I really only started voice noting and texting people, leaving little messages only maybe over the last like six months, honestly. Yeah. I didn't really consider it before, but it's such a way to like save time and connect with people and say so much more. You can just get so much more from somebody's voice, you know, and hearing them and feeling into them in that way. Yeah. And you have an amazing voice. And I feel like I said this exact thing all before in the other episode, but you have such a nurturing, cozy voice. I love hearing your both of your voices, actually. But <laughs> it's you've said this before. It's like you can hear someone's tone and their cadence. And when you're texting, a lot of that is lost. Or I find myself like retyping something a bunch of times. And that just feels like silly and I feel nervous about how it would be portrayed where in voice text I could just say it how I want to say it 
And it's, it's nice of like, I really do like talking in real time, but there is something about like, there's a lot more control in a voice text, right? Like it's not improv. Like when you're in a conversation in life, there's, you know, which is also a really beautiful thing of like, you know, you really need to be present. But I like the fact that when I'm sending a voice text or when I'm really listening to your voice text, I know that if I have a a bunch of texts from you guys and I'm not in a place where I can listen to it, I'll wait and I'll go on a walk and I'll be like really mindful. And I like super listen. And when I respond, I respond right away to every single point that you guys said and you guys do the same. And it's just like really, especially being in such a vastly different time zone, it's a really nice way of connection. Totally. And I feel like Noah, like, you know, the way that Noah voice notes you as well, you seriously are like the first person he does that with consistently. And it's so cute. Like sometimes I'll listen to his voice notes to you. Like I know it's on the same thread, but it's like, he'll be talking and it's like, it's very, very cute to hear him like share with you in that way. Cause he's like so quiet. Like he's a quiet dude. Yeah. Aren't you, babe? Yeah. I'm very quiet. <laughs> um, I still feel a bit funny about it. I feel like sometimes there's a little bit of, I, I ramble a lot when I, sometimes I think I should just get to the point. So I think that's one thing I struggle with. If I just text, it's just very pointed. But if I speak, you kind of get, I become a bit Hugh Grant-ish. <laughs> talking and rambling which is i know it can be it's charming, it's charming we love that that your rambling is my favorite part like and all, all i'm i'm a fully rambling at all times <laughs> like i'm exclusively <laughs> rambling so more rambling please that's what i want more of totally yeah i just watched four weddings and a funeral last night mm-hmm. just a little bit of lighthearted 90s Hugh Grant. jams and um i I was, I realized I'm, I get a bit like Hugh Grant. There's a, there's a few scenes where I feel like when I, when I talk, particularly on voice text, I get a bit Hugh Grantish. So that's it. I've never seen that movie, you guys. Oh, it's, it's like, it's, it's not his best. Yeah, it's not, it's not his best. Like, it's not Notting Hill, you know, which I'd have to say. Do you, have you seen Notting Hill, Katie? Yes, but not in a really long time. I need yeah, to rewatch that too. One of his best in that like bookstore and the white outfit he wears in the bookstore and how he's like so cute and rambling. Not one of his best, but it's a charming movie. Yeah, it is. I think that kind of British humor stuff is pretty great. (laughs) Okay, that leads nicely into what we are here, the main attraction of this episode. So again, thank you guys so much for doing this. I'm so honored to be your friends and to have you here. This is going to be really cool. So I'm going to read the cues that you guys have brought today, as well as your alternatives, because I thought those were great as well. And then we're going to actually go through them out of order because I want to end on a bang with the last one. So what you guys are happy about is the movie Sister Act 2, not to be confused (laughs) with the Sister Act 1, the sequel in this situation we all are in agreement in this family is better than the original, which I think is maybe the only example of that that I can think of. Do you guys have a similar situation? Yeah, 100%. It's better. There's no question. But is there any other movies oh. that like have a better sequel? Than- I don't think so. Uh, I think the Harry Potter films. That's true. And yes, we watched the last five Twilight. Twilight recently. So I think those progressively get better. And Harry Potter progressively gets better. I think that has that's down to the director and just 
money being put into it. <laughs> well, and there's like a million of those. Yeah. Yes. And they, yeah, they, they have a lot of time to, to hone their craft. But in terms of like just a first and a second. A first, yeah, yeah, I can't think of anything as, as striking it. Uh, (laughs) yeah same all right so that's what we will be talking about last to really end on a bang and what you guys are grateful for is your church house which i particularly have a lot to say about and then what you want more of is simplicity which we will dive into but first let's talk about the alternatives the ones that did not make your happy thank you more please cues but are notable and really a delight. So number one is a fruit that Aaron has classified as the most 70s fruit, which I think is adorable and hilarious and checks out. Would you like to please enlighten everyone on on what this fruit is? Well, it was actually Noah that coined it being the most 70s fruit ever. But really? It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is a persimmon. Mm-hmm. So... How do you guys say it? Did you just say it like that? A persimmon? 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 Um, yeah, I think we say, I think it's one of the rare words we, we say, say the same, same right? <laughs> Noah and I are, are both from Michigan, um, and obviously Aaron's Australian with a beautiful voice, but every time there's like anything that Noah and I like remotely have in common, I'm like, oh, it's, it's because we're both from Michigan. Um, <laughs> and I think it's just because we're like similar people that like similar things and has nothing to do with being Midwestern most of the time. But totally. Well, why did, why did you say it's so 70s? I think it's just the color palette of the fruit, but also we got like 12 of them at a time. And if you hold one on its own, it doesn't necessarily have that aesthetic. But if you put them all together in a brown uh, ceramic bowl, <laughs> you'll realize how 70s it is. Yeah. So it's really a color palette thing. It's like orange. And then, you know, the leaf on top, like, uh, so it would be where they pick the fruit and it dries up the leaf. The shape is like the most perfect, like floral motif on a seventies sort of tile or something. Or totally seventies fabric. There's so. like this. There's like this. It's more like a fruit that if you photographed, it would look like a photograph from the seventies. Or you know, totally, it's, it's like for some reason it almost looks faded in that seventies kind of way without even trying without any Photoshop. Effortless seventies. Effortless seventies. Yeah. It kind of, the, the, what, I don't know what you would call it. This is maybe like a, um, this is like, I don't know what you would call this part of the produce, but the, the leaf, I guess, like the top part feels almost like a collar to me. Like it's really wavy and sort of like a, almost, yeah, like a, Peter Pan collar in a way. <laughs> and I was I was walking up this hill hiking the other day and listening to a voice text where you guys were telling me that this most 70s fruit. And I was just laughing so hard to think of a produce as being from an era. But then when you told and I was I was meant to guess and I guessed incorrectly, but when you told me, I was like, oh, that's absolutely correct. That checks out. Totally. I knew exactly. Yeah. So, and also, we should dive into the fact that they are delicious and 100% my favorite. I definitely think my favorite fruit. Like whenever people ask me what my favorite fruit is, and obviously fruit is very important to me to the point where I do an entire series on my Instagram story daily. Right. I I know my produce. And and I think it's it's a rare fruit too of like you can, at least in the States, only get it in the fall. And I'm always yeah. waiting for it and so excited. 
That's so cute that it's your favorite fruit. I honestly had never given it much thought. Yeah, I think it's very underrated. Yeah, so like a lot of people don't really know how to use it, or it looks mm-hmm. it looks kind of like a tomato. Yeah, but it, mm-hmm. you know, it has like a it's kind of a weird fruit, and I think people it puts people off. But if they would just give it a chance, it really would, I think, become more of a mainstay in people's lives. If you have Sorry. a bad one, it might turn you off. Have you guys ever had like a unripe one? No, not like a really unripe one because we got them with this local veggie box. And so we got a lot. I think there was like more like 30 or something. And you can eat them when they're hard and then you can almost like an apple and then you can wait till they soften and eat them more like a kind of soft fruit or stew them and things like that. It's kind of a, it's, it's got a lot of mystery, the person for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I re- I genuinely love them so much. I cut them up every fall and I'll eat them you know, as I eat most fruit, drizzled with a ton of cinnamon and sea salt, and yeah. then with a squeeze of lemon and like a nut butter of sorts as like a persimmon nacho, if you will. Wow, it's a whole meal. It's mm-hmm. a whole meal. Yeah, it's great. It's it's a favorite. When I went to this farm, Tiercy, who's done the podcast, the it was my dream. I, there were all of these persimmon trees and I put them in the pockets of my coat and it was really a, it was the highlight of my life, guys. Awesome <laughs> in heaven. What's your favorite way to eat them? My favorite way to eat them is before they get too sweet. So I like them when they're a little bit harder firm. and mm-hmm. firm, like a good firm person. <laughs> I like, I like, um, I like when they get soft, the exact opposite of my husband. Yeah. I'm <laughs> the same as you, Aaron, or maybe somewhere in the middle of you guys. All right. So speaking of things we love, there's a movie called Practical Magic that, yes, we love that movie, but that is not what we're here to to talk about. It is a specific part of that movie that mm-hmm. takes place okay. in an apothecary that just really does it for us. So can you continue on that, Erin? Yes, because like this this backup list really had nothing to do with Noah. So he's, I don't feel like he enjoys Practical Magic the way I do, potentially, but the apothecary so sandra bullock like opens her dream place which is an apothecary in like this cute seaside town and it's just so chic and so cool like it's all kind of white and like timber fields and she like makes soaps and like candles and and then she has like really kooky amazing people working with her on staff and it just seems like the most dreamy place and I just always have been like obsessed with the apothecary from Practical Magic. It's so funny because there's so many parts of of movies that are specific places that I think about often. And that is one of them. Also, the kitchen in the movie, It's Complicated with Meryl Streep. Have you, do you guys know what I'm talking about by any chance? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. It's like a very open air kitchen. There's certain, I can't think of any other ones off the top of my head, but there are certain places in movies that I think about. I was going to say there are places I remember, but then I um, (laughs) felt like that should be sung. Um, Totally. (laughs) But yeah, I think about it often. Yeah, they, they, they stick in my mind. And that was something that we had so many moments of, I came to visit Aaron and Noah in Australia, kind of on a whim, like we'd sort of, we'd met in person and we'd been friends on the internet, but we were not close at all. And I, we fully bonded and we had all, but very slowly, it was like a slow bonding 
situation. And one of the things that many things would kind of develop where we would just have in common or we would like the same thing. And this was one of them when, when Aaron and I were like, we love this movie and we love this specific <laughs> part of this movie. And it just felt like what I think it was one of like the early things we had in common that we bonded over. And I, I think it just that entire several, really like a month of, of spending a, a lot of time with you guys there, it was just kind of thing after thing after thing that would kind of be layers that we would just connect on or bond on or like introduce each other to. And it just felt really, it felt like exactly what I want this series of the podcast to be, you know? Yeah, totally. And I think for us, you know, we have like really full lives and we, you know, we have a lot going on and just also when, you know, you were coming over and I I was like, sure, come, come stay for like 11 days. It's like, just come. Like it was really funny. Like just even, not that I'm not open to those things, but I was extra open with you. And then I felt like we got so rewarded when you were here, babe, because you were such a delight and we all have so much in common. And it was like, even down to the movies we liked and the music we liked and the food we liked to eat. It was like, we, there was a lot of flow between us all, which was really nice. Yeah, it was, it was really pretty magical. And I mean, I told you guys this multiple times. I've sent you so many love notes <laughs> with this sentiment, but I, I knew Aaron a bit, but I really didn't know Noah as well at all. And I, I was teary when Noah took me to the airport the day that I left. And I was just like, I thought I was, I, I was visiting one friend, but I really came away with two. And, you know, I just feel like we had this really close bond that I don't often get with people as an adult where it's like, okay, we are life friends. We're in each other's lives. We're in this together. We're checking in with each other, which is, which is hard being, being far away. But I don't know. I said this to you guys recently in a voice text, like we'll never forget this year that we met and how, how things have shaken out. I think, I think when you're meeting new people, normally you, you just, you're kind of fitting them into your already busy life. And because you were on holiday and were around the house all the time and it was like a deep immersion which i feel like you had when you were younger when you were a teenager we had this almost like it was almost like a teenage slumber party for 11 nights <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? totally when you, when you really get to kind of talk about everything and experience everything and stay up late and listen to music and watch movies it's it's a very different way to connect to someone and i feel like that's just it's a pretty rare thing to be able to do um a lot of people i mean it was just kind of happened for us like we didn't plan it and i think that's the best best way for it to unfold um well yeah. and you yeah you just don't have to rush it you know i feel like is, and that's kind of what you're saying like if i had just met you guys and you had visited new york and you were there for a day or something and we went to dinner i'm sure we would have had like a great dinner and had a great time but it i don't think you know getting coffee with someone or, or even just seeing someone even if we saw each other weekly like there's something about the fact that like i was super emerged in your life and then we i i stayed with you for like almost two weeks, but then we spent a lot of time together while I was in Australia, even beyond that. And like, I think that amount of concentrated time, like even after when we were together in Sydney, I, it was different. Like it was still really great, but it was different. There was something about like, when I left you guys after being with you, I really felt like I was in the unit. Like I was, I was the third wheel but i was not i was like we were really in on the same wavelength in this really cool we had a 
we had a good thing going, guys, and we still do. It was so great, and we still do, totally. And also on top of that was that we also braved a kind of mild natural disaster together. Right. Of the, <laughs> there were like really, really bad floods up here in this region, and we got like flooded into the church. Like not literally water around us, but all of the roads around us were flooded in, so we couldn't go anywhere. So many times we were like, okay, it's flooded. We're just going to stay home, and we had this like deep immersion, and that was very unique as well. Yeah, I mean, I think we buried the lead here that we had a quarantine warm-up, like, right out of the gate. And I think that... I was thinking about that today, you guys, of, like, us go... I had to go and get more supplies and groceries today, and I was thinking about you guys and how we, (laughs) like, were kind of throwing things into our cart and, and buying things and, like that felt so it kind of felt so silly like here we are and this is bananas that were quarantined and or we didn't use that word back then we, we were flooded in and we couldn't get out and we were getting cabin fever but that seems like nothing compared to what we have going on now seriously totally my name so yeah. speaking of this is a nice transition into what you guys are grateful for and i'll tell you i am so grateful for it too so when i came to visit you guys i got to stay in your house, obviously, in my room, which you're recording in right now, which happens to be a church. Please explain. Yeah. So when we were thinking about moving up to this region, Aaron saw on Instagram that our friends were moving out of their rental property. And we had kind of seen it on their on their Instagram stories a little bit and thought they owned it, but realized they were moving out. And Aaron saw it and it was like the catalyst for us moving up, thinking that we could live in this church. We had never been inside the church before, but we just felt really drawn to it in a way that was pretty peculiar for never having been in it. Um, so Aaron just messaged um, our friend and said, you're moving out. We would like to move in and kind of, kind of just happened very quickly. Yeah. And um, it's, it is a really magical place to live. Like we, we were, we were living like eight hours sort of down the coast. And so this was a really big move for us up here, but it's an old brick 19, what is it? 19, 1930s. 1930s. It's a bit younger than that, but maybe 1910. Yeah. I think it's a 1910 church and it used to be Presbyterian uh, for a very long time. And the church sold it and it went into the hands of a builder who kind of kept all the most beautiful features but modernized it and it's just a really gorgeous place to live and has a whole lot of calm and prayer and sacredness in the bones of the building. And yeah, we really do love living here. It's really beautiful. I'll never forget you guys picked me up from the airport and I had had an overnight flight and I was, you know, a little bit loopy from that and driving up and it's, I I knew you lived in church and I'd seen it over the internet, but it's very striking driving up and especially the door the the front door i guess maybe the side door is so beautiful and you walk in and like there's just this kind of call it's very open and you don't feel like you're in a church at all it just feels or to me it feels like a really po- like a powerful place <laughs> which just sounds kind of dramatic yeah. but that's the only word i can have but like i i think when i knew that you guys lived in a church I didn't really think much of it, honestly. I was just like excited to, but much like you, Aaron, like, I don't know why. I think it was kind of a kismet, intuitive pull that we had to each other that we just knew we would be close and liked each other, even 
over the internet, which I think, you know, is, is what yeah. it is. But I think totally. when I, I when I thought about the idea of it being a church, like I think if I was listening to this, I'd be like, that sounds a little creepy. I don't know if I'd like to live in a church, but it, yeah, there's something just so, yeah, it, it's just it's really beautiful and it's so open. And I remember like getting off and, and the air was like really thick cause it was super humid pre-flood. And I took a shower and the beautiful bathroom and I just like felt so cleansed. So like, I just felt <laughs> like I was like, in a this, holy moment. like a baptism. Yeah. And then I literally right. like went into my baptismal gown. <laughs> I wore all of Aaron's oh, clothes totally the entire cute. time I was there. And I, I was in this, um, this white nightgown for most of the time I was with you guys. You look like you were in Little Women most of the time. Yeah, yes. it was, it was a wonderful like costume. Brain. And, and then totally in the dress. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because a lot of people ask us when they know we live here, they're like, oh, is there any like creepy vibes in the church? Like, you know, a lot of people have asked us that and we're like, it's funny, 100% no. Like, I'm so sensitive to the energy of places and so is Noah. And um, the minute we moved in, we just knew it was a big yes and we came here and it just felt so clear. And also like our friends were living in this place prior with their little girl and a little baby and it just had beautiful, warm family energy in here. And yes, it happened to be a church, but, you know, we're not, we're spiritual people. We're not religious. It doesn't have, um, it doesn't evoke or sort of trigger any past stuff for us you know we can just really appreciate that it's this beautiful place that people came to and brought a lot of prayer to and yeah, um, yeah. anyway so we don't yeah and there's a big you know babe there's a big stained glass jesus and <laughs> Which is just kind of funny like it, it makes <laughs> me laugh and i love it what were you gonna yeah. say well he's like he's a big he's a massive jesus i don't notice that most of the time but the big jesus is like in our lounge room and he's just holding a, like he's very friendly and he's holding like a little cute lamb he looks very peaceful. Yeah. And he looks, he's walking in a s- sunrise and it just has a very, it's just another part of the calming effect of the church. Even when you look up at Jesus, it's, it just feels very calm. And he also kind of looks like most of the guys that live around here. He's, kind of, <laughs> <laughs> he's like a, like Byron Jesus. he's like a scruffy Byron Bay Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of have a crush on him. <laughs> he's, he's handsome. He's a handsome. Jesus. Yeah. He's my type. <laughs> he totally is. Does he have a kind eyes and a beard? Wasn't that yes. what I said? Yes. yes. Kind eyes. <laughs> Jesus have. definitely has kind eyes. Totally. <laughs> we were we were watching band videos, musical <laughs> performances, and Noah pointed out to me like, "I think you're like people with beards," <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> do I?" And then Aaron was like, uh, "How did it come up that you always say you were like okay beards and kind eyes?" Yeah, because all the guys that you pointed out you thought were like handsome, <laughs> they all had kind eyes and beards. And I was like, and kind eyes. Yeah. So that was the thing. Yeah, it's really lovely. Well, if you're listening and this is a sleepless and see, <laughs> and if you happen to look like Jesus and would have kind eyes, uh, please right? contact us. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the house is just, I mean, I could go on and on and on about it, but I think my favorite part of the the house, which I, I wonder if you guys echo this and, and what your favorite parts of it are, but it's again, very open and we spent a lot of time just laying on the floor in the, 
I guess, which would be like where the congregation is. And we would just stare up at the ceiling and we had so many great talks there. And we had so many, I learned so much about you guys there and we really learned about each other. And we just had this like really deep friendship, communal living time that, that was so, you know, and I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like so much of life is timing, right? Like so much of success is timing. So much of relationships is timing and, and, and friendship and everything. And I think, you know, Aaron recently had this book come out and we never could have predicted a pandemic, but for some reason I got there at that time and we had these conversations that we had and so much of my life shifted and the work that I'm doing now and the things that I'm making now was a result of like what happened cooked up in the blender that was the flood week that I spent in your church. That's so awesome. I, I know what you mean. It was like a little potent portal together. We we have a thing like we joke, but it's like so funny, but often we do, we just like lay on the rug and we stare up at the ceiling because the ceilings are insane. They're like very tall church ceilings lined with like what is it just I'm not sure what it's lined with now but it's timber of some sort it's like a beautiful timber lining and it's just it it's got this big arch and it just feels really mystical and spacious and also grounding so often like we will both lay there and just process whatever's happened in the day and like talk and just lay on the ground (laughs) we do that a lot yeah and one one thing that was always really telling to me is that when we moved in we've always lived in pretty calm places and mm. pretty quiet places and we lived in the mountains and really beautiful little cottages but when we moved up here when we brought the dogs in the three dogs at the time and one of them was particularly nervous and never liked kind of mm. seeing people outside the windows or never really liked change or didn't like people coming over and had a real kind of energy but when he moved into this church it was like he completely calmed his like his whole nervous system. You could just see how how like healing it was for him to be in this place. And I think it's a, a couple factors, but I think I don't know. I just feel like dogs really show you the energy of a place. They're really they're yeah. just really tuned. And I think and the other boys are are so calm and collected here as well. So I think I don't know. I just look at them and I just think it must be doing that to us as well. Totally. Yeah, I felt it. I felt this like. Just a really, really cool energy. And you guys have this, whenever I think of the church, I, I, you know, places have a smell to you or a, yeah, I guess places don't really have a taste, but a smell or, you know, something you remember of how they look. I really think of the sound of the church when I think of the church and you guys. And I guess maybe I'm thinking of the sound machine or the, I don't know what it's called. You guys have this instrument that is so cool and Noah's really good at playing. Mm, the it's like we call it the moon drum but it's it's what is it it's like a like a it's not a hang drum but it's it's like a metal kind of little drum that's tuned to like different frequencies and it's Noah's really good you're right he's really good at playing it and he bought it for my birthday they're like really hard to get made and really rare and um it was like a whole, it was a big gift for us for me and for him he actually plays it more than I do but it it's yeah i mean it, i feel like any music sounds so amazing in the church totally and because that that drum is it's really easy to play and it's it, it just has a just such a beautiful sound and so mm-hmm. relaxing and calming and the dogs love it and we do 
little, we call them spa nights with our niece, where <laughs> she lays on the floor looking up at the ceiling and we put on some candles or incense, crystals around put her. crystals around her. She calls it spa night. And <laughs> I play the, she wants me to play the drum by her head. And what's really interesting is she's quite a spirited, spirited little girl and she doesn't calm very easily, but she loves to sit in the church, lay down and look at the ceiling and me play the drum. And I think it's just, I don't know, it's like kids and dogs. They just, they kind of show you those special energy points that maybe you're overlooking, but yeah, it's really beautiful. So it's interesting you say looking up at the ceiling and the sound, because I think those are two things that people resonate, a lot of people resonate and when they come in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We, I love that so much. I, I would like to have a um, spa night next time. <laughs> I guess we did that. We, we have this very infamous meditation that the three of us did laying on that exact spot in the, in the, in the floor, which is an entire, that could be an entire podcast, but I'll say yeah. this. We didn't complete the meditation. <laughs> we didn't. It was 75 minutes. It, it was, was long guys. It was, it was pretty ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a whole arc there. But I really genuinely loved every... It, I keep thinking about this now that we're in this quarantine. And I w- had a mini quarantine with you guys. And I was like, man, that I, I wish I would have gotten stuck in the church with you guys. Because you are the people to be quarantined with. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Thank we would have loved to be quarantined with you as well. And I would be quarantined with you in a, in a, in a, in a dumpster. And I would be happy because you guys are gems. Thank you. you. (laughs) I'm so psyched about this week's sponsor. So as you know, life can be stressful under normal circumstances. And 2020 has challenged all of us in different ways. And I think, you know, we're needing stress relief now more than ever. That really goes beyond quick fixes. And Meditation is something that really has helped me. We talk about meditation in this episode and Headspace is here for you. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy to use app. Headspace is the only meditation app that, you know, is really advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Anxiety, they've got something for that. Need help falling asleep? Headspace has got you there. They have these wind-down sessions that their members swear by. And for parents, they even have morning meditations you can do with your kids, which I think is really, really wonderful. Headspace has this approach to mindfulness to reduce stress, you know, boost focus, and increase your overall well-being and you know a lot of my friends use headspace which is really great my friend christine was just talking to me about it about how you know she'll pop one on for whatever it is that she's dealing with like i said they have something for everything and you know i think the holidays are particularly stressful and to just be able to step away for a moment of whatever's going on whether alone or with people and have a moment by yourself where you turn on something and really sit and be guided is really lovely. So Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, that's so many, and over 60 million downloads. I'm gonna be one of those downloads and I am using Headspace 
because, you know, it's just nice to have the option for a guided meditation so easy. So please check it out. Headspace makes it easy to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash let it out. That's headspace.com slash let it out for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. So head to headspace.com slash let it out today. I'm so psyched about this sponsor, you guys. Nutrafol. 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. Mine has been breaking lately. And if you're among us, <laughs> know that you're not alone and there is a solution that can deliver results. Thousands of women have tried Nutrafol with many users raving about the supplement that's not only transformed their hair, but helped to restore their confidence too, which is super cool. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. So no matter how old or young you are, healthier hair growth takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair, faster growing, that's what I want, in three to six months. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. More than 2,500 healthcare providers have recommended Nutrafol as an effective and high quality solution for healthier hair. I have been given it a go and I've been, I just really want my hair to be like long to my butt, like Brooke Shields in Blue Lagoon. That's like my like dream hair. And my hair grows really, really slowly. So I've been taking these supplements. My friend Sophie, I gave her some too. And she has very different hair than mine. Also curly, but different. And she's taking them too. And we, you know, we just started them, but I really like them. And I, I love the ingredients and they feel really high quality. And I'm pretty psyched about it. So their best offer anywhere is here for you. It's 20% off at Nutrafol.com. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. And use the promo code Let It Out for 20% off your first month of any subscription for any new customer. Check them out. I'm really psyched about this product and I think you will like it too. Is it time to update your mattress? As many of you know, I recently moved, so I have gotten new everything. And one of the things that I've been sleeping on is my brand new mattress from Brentwood Home. Since 1987, Brentwood Home has been handcrafting the finest luxury mattresses, pillows, and bedding in their own LA factory. Articulated details such as designer materials and hand toughing, double reinforced seams, classic hem stitching, and certified non-toxic materials are their hallmarks. They have this California ethos that truly defines them, compelling them to create beautiful sleep products that promote healthy lifestyles and well-being. Their products help people sleep well, which I think is so important. Brentwood Home Products their affordable luxury memory foam mattresses, pillows, sheets. They even have yoga products made from non-toxic materials with natural and organic elements. They have this Green Guard gold certified foam that, you know, I'm no expert, but I've been loving sleeping on it. 
and their quality is really unrivaled. Brentwood Home is also environmentally minded, which is so important to me. For every mattress sold on their website, they also make a donation to the National Forest Foundation to plant three trees. They also partner with Relief Bed, so when you buy a mattress, they make one and donate it for emergency relief, which is really lovely. Their mattresses include a one-year sleep trial, and other products include a 30-day trial. Their mattresses have a 25-year limited warranty and are available you know, with a 0% APR for qualified purchasers, and there's really no reason to not give them a go because they offer free shipping and free return pickups. So go to brentwoodhome.com and check out their mattresses, bedding, yoga products, pillows. That's brentwoodhome.com and sweet dreams on your new mattress. Let me know what you think. Okay. Well, this is a nice transition to talk about something that we have a bit more of collectively I think right now because of the current situation but what you guys were craving more of and are craving more of and that's simplicity can you say more yeah do you want to go ahead Noah well we were trying to think of like how to we had all these ideas of what we wanted more of and then I just kind of was like actually all of those things are just more more of less so I think that's kind of where it came out of. Well, when you asked us, like, yeah, what do you want more of? And I was uh, talking to Noah and I was like, what do we want more of? And then we started sort of talking about things. And then Noah, Noah, yeah, that's what you said. You shared like this kind of idea that it's like all of the paths that we are creating to create more simplicity in our lives. Like, let's say it means we want to live off the land and we want to end up buying land and caretaking land. And we want to start these new things, let's say. Although it seems like we want more of something else, ultimately they keep coming back to simplicity. And the way that we're going to get to those things is actually by editing and returning to simplicity again and again and again. And I think it's a journey that we've been on for a very long time, but particularly since like 2015, we had a pretty rough year and we got broken into and we lost one of our dogs and we lost my grandmother and we lost a family friend. And there was a lot of loss in 2015 for us. And out of that loss came this kind of really beautiful void of having material possessions make any sense or have any meaning. And I think that we've slowly rebuilt our material possessions from that place, but it just really sparked this understanding and this journey for for me particularly on what I could do without and, and how the act of letting things go and how hard that was, but how the places that that can take you. So I think it started it's really started, it's been about five years, I think, since it started. And it just kind of keeps guiding us towards the things that we want. I think it's so beautiful and emblematic of, I think, one again of the many things we bond over of this idea of when you can be really present and be really focused on a few things and simplifying. And, you know, I think that's, it allows you to notice the richness in front of you instead of being so pulled in so many different directions. I mean, one thing, Aaron, like kind of right after I left and even while I was there with you, 
one thing that you kind of kept saying is, you know, I would ask, you know, how are you? How are you? How are you feeling? And you're like, we're really good, but it's just really full. Like things are just really full right now. And you were launching a book and you both just had so much on your plate and you live in the beautiful church in Byron where you, you, you guys are literally the mayor and everyone knows you everywhere we go, which made me feel like I was like getting to stay with these very cool celebrities. But it's a lot and it's a lot coming at you. And I can, I think I understand, I said this to you, Aaron, but like, I really get that. Like, I really understand that feeling of things being so full. And it's not that you, they're not good things, you know, like most of them, all of them are often really great and people, but just that idea of having so much flying at you Mm. and wanting to just have time for this like time for you know that that week we had together of just like we didn't have to rush I didn't have to ask you everything about your life in a day in a dinner like you know allowing things to to slowly simmer I think is like yeah yeah, that's that's what we all that's what we're that's kind of what I'm getting from from that yeah and you know like honestly Noah has been really such a a great teacher and guiding force in that for me because I really do have a lot of fullness and I'm really grateful for all of it for an abundant career and you know all of the abundance that I've got my friends my family but I do get overwhelmed easily you know and spreading myself into all of these different directions and caretaking because that's my role in my work as a practitioner and writer and caretaking a lot and like Noah is always reminding me to really just focus in on what's at hand and to really return to simplicity in the way that I go about doing things even by like putting more systems in place which just totally stress me out (laughs) like as in the process of how I need to put things in place to create systems but it's like he's always saying to me once you create those systems the pressure gets taken off and you've got less on your plate. And so he's always like helping me return to simplicity. I think that's actually one of your skills, babe. Thank you. I think because I'm a Virgo and I'm super analytical and my one of my favorite things is to make things more efficient. And I like me making things more efficient because it becomes simpler to deal with everything. That's mm-hmm. kind of my end goal mm-hmm. is if you take the time to put systems in place for whatever whatever that looks like in your life and particularly in business, but in many ways, once it's done, that becomes more simple to to handle and it takes the pressure off and the stress off. And I really really appreciate that I can do that for people. Like over the years, I've done it in many different ways for people. And I, and I, I find a lot of joy in seeing people's lives get a little bit simpler and a little bit easier for them. So yeah, it kind of, kind of comes into that as well, which seems seems kind of a weird roundabout way to coming to simplicity, but sometimes you have to put more effort in to then reap the rewards of the simplicity that come. <laughs> that was the most amazing Virgo answer. Ever. It really was. And and it's so true. Yeah. No, I mean, it's really this beautiful thing. So Aaron and I are very similar and very different from Noah in this way, where like the systems I think originally can overwhelm us because we don't see that you know, we're kind of just so overwhelmed and probably over full and have that tendency that adding something in the short term 
just doesn't seem worth it. Where mm-hmm. in the long term, we can logically know it is. And having Noah to be able to to push us in, into that direction is really like such a gift. And, it, and you guys working together, witnessing that was really interesting for me and seeing that work so well of like the way you guys complement each other. And, you know, for people listening, you guys work with each other, obviously, because I just said that, but it, it works so beautifully. And I think that was another thing that I'm, I'm so grateful for of being there with you and, and Noah, like what you said, like you've been able to do that for people. You, you did that for me. And it was this really slow unfolding because as I, which I never would have expected or known or anticipated, but as I spoke to you guys every day and told you about my life and where I was and what I was dealing with, and I, I came to the church in this really interesting, vulnerable, soft spot of so much change in the middle of a Saturn return, really very similar to kind of the year you guys had in 2015, really assessing, you know, being without a home in between things and, and assessing what was happening in my life. And Noah, you were really able to very kindly look at the situation that I was in and both of you and in different, in very, very different ways and listen and provide direction towards simplicity of like, you know, Noah in a really, really tactile way of like everything that people now have seen me share was really a vision that Noah sketched out on that he like magically pulled out of a drawer in his kitchen while I was wearing (laughs) my little women outfit and we were like probably drinking a smoothie and Mm. sketched out like a ways to simplify my work, which was like, I'm doing a bunch of different things, but not that well. And and for years, I kept saying on the podcast, I felt like a master of none. And then Aaron and Noah, both of you, but but Aaron really saw, saw into me in a different way of like, emotionally what I needed and noticing my structural issues and, and where, what could help with that and getting me an osteopath appointment and telling me what to work on emotionally and just, just seeing these different, you know, like that is connection and that is friendship. It's that is intimacy of, of seeing each other and being able to point out things. And, and I hope I was able to, to do that in some ways with you guys, but both, both, both areas, I think really, Every time I think you guys definitely with me, but your advice always goes towards simplicity. You know, it's never this like really complicated solution. I think often solutions are towards simplicity. Totally. And I think like the more and more, you know, we've been together for nearly 17 years now and, um, you know, walking together from when, you know, I was 21 when we got together and um, like how life changes and how you move through your 20s with someone, through your 30s with somebody and our evolution together, we're very grateful, but we've really evolved in the same directions and we just have valued our life becoming more and more simple and more and more nourishing and in the flow for us both. And that's really also our intention is like how we can then be really fortified people to show up and be better friends and for me a better practitioner for Noah he's a designer like to design more from his heart more from a place of nourishment so that's just what we've both learned hey about like yeah simplicity I think our relations I mean 
when you're together with someone for so long, I feel like our relation, and when I say simple, I mean simplicity and not that there isn't depth because I think um, they can kind of make confused that the simplicity means simple, like no depth, but our relationship has um, also become more simple and, and that it's, you know, we were never particularly dramatic people, but, you know, like our, our bickering has become more simple. Our emotional depth has become a lot deeper, but we've kind of like, you kind of get rid of all the stuff that's not serving you and you come to a, a kind of an easier place with each other. And I think that's, so I feel like simplicity and, and can be in so many different ways. Um, if I see Erin doing, doing it in her practice by helping people understand their, their health presentation, what's going on in their bodies and kind of step back and give them, give them a bit of clarity and, and kind of take out all the things that aren't serving them and just bring it back to simplicity and kind of looking at the pillars of, of health and the pillars of how to make things easier for yourself. And I think, I don't know, I think we do it in a lot of different ways. And I think it's pretty profound moving through that with someone else as well. Yeah, that's what's so cool about evolution and evolution towards in a relationship together and evolution towards simplicity. I think, you know, that's maybe it's a generational thing, but I think that's like what we value, you know, the, at least yeah. the three of us. I think so too, honey. I think like for us, you know, now, like we're Noah's about to be 40 this year, big one, but, um, you know, now we're like, okay, so what are we moving towards? And simplicity is changing for us, you know, and we're in presence with our life and we're really grateful for all the things we have and, but to have foresight for like, what are the next 40 years going to be like? Like, what do we really want to create? And we've just been really feeling into that. And the simplicity for us is about probably being a little bit more in a more spacious nature scape. I mean, we're, look, we're in an insane, beautiful place with nature now, but we'd love to have more land that we can tend to grow our herbs, take care of the people we love, you know, and, um, it is just, it actually is just becoming like we're using this word so much, but it's what we're talking about, but it is becoming more and more simple, our vision of life. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I think one thing that we've implemented um, kind of over the last couple of years was that we kind of have like a bigger vision for ourselves and for what we want to do together and separately. And every time we make a decision on big things in life, we kind of ask ourselves, is, is it serving that vision? This is a really, I'm really enjoying this conversation because I feel like we're hitting on a lot of the notes that we've kind of spoken about together of like these, these moments that this feels like a time capsule of where our friendship is right now. We're kind of like hitting on all these big moments that we had together that week and that have just like snowballed since then, you know, and now it's yeah, recorded. No. Yeah, no, it's good. It's, um, it's kind of like, it's really interesting because we keep, I feel like the nature of our friendship is that we kind of are not hold, not necessarily just like holding on to those things, but like kind of anchoring our friendship in those connections and then kind of re kind of re talking about like talking about them again and again, but in a way that's not like annoying or weird. It's more just like bonding. I don't know. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I feel like it's because it is such a profound time. And, and I think maybe, ultimately on some higher level consciousness it just feels it's just a, such a profound time to bring people into your lives and to have connections particularly in what we're going through and i think we were just setting ourselves up for being able to do this when we couldn't be around each other physically you know yeah. anyway 
Well, speaking of simplicity, I mean, I really feel like it's when you systemize things, when you are clear on your vision or your values and you pare down and things are more simple, it can, what I was trying to articulate before is that like, it allows you to be more present with people Mm -hmm. and it allows you to be a better human being. You know what I mean? Like I think when, when I, I am not my best self when I'm really overwhelmed and stretched like Gumby and not present, I'm not helping another person. You know what I mean? And I think that that, that makes simplicity very noble. I agree. And I'm so there with you. And I, yeah, I know you mentioned before you and I are similar in uh, ways of how we intake information and also like how easy we can both get to overwhelm. But, you know, for me, I'm learning so much more about myself in that way um, as the years go on. And uh, I just, yeah, I'm just a better version of myself when I'm feeling in my flow and not overloaded. And on so many levels, like Noah, I feel like he's quite expansive in that way for me because he doesn't really take in, he just really doesn't take in anything that he doesn't feel serves him. and. I think that's so admirable. So like he's not on Instagram, he's not on Facebook, like he doesn't have any social media and he's just really, he really refines like what he takes in. And I think that that ultimately is like a real act of commitment to living a simple life as well. Yeah. I feel like um, going off, going off social media, which is, um, was a huge thing for me. And I, I was never that involved in it, but it was, um, it's a, it was an emotional roller coaster for me. And, I'm not against it at all, of course. Like, I think it's, it's it can be a beautiful thing, and particularly in a time like this, it's really. Um, and interestingly enough, I've been on it, just looking at Aaron's stuff a lot more, and I have gone into those old patterns of just feeling really emotionally overwhelmed, and not just because there's the pandemic happening, but just because of everyone's. It's more everyone's reaction to it, and I just find that it's. I'm very um, sensitive, and the more that I take in whether it's happy stuff or inspiring or sad or it just becomes too much emotionally it kind Mm -hmm. of overwhelms me so i feel like that has been a huge thing for me to be able to refine that and step more into presence for sure yeah and that's what you know being with you guys like living and i think too living communally is such a beautiful thing of like you were saying it was it was really rare that we were able to have that that time when we did as adults, it's very rare to have that teenage sleepover vibe unless you're traveling and visiting mm-hmm. someone or like it just it literally doesn't happen. But we were meant to live in tribes and we were meant to be together, not just in when for your romantic relationships. You know, I think yeah. there's something about living communally that's really beautiful to me. And I think we all got a taste of that in, in getting to to see people's differences and how you know Noah you're you're very different from from Aaron and I in that way and and we you know I think another reason why that the three of us did so well in our quarantine light <laughs> we were all working but at the end of the day it was you Noah who really had to have many moments of like all right guys we're going to stop and we're going to <laughs> that's it like we're going to yeah. tune out altogether because I think Aaron and I if left to our own devices <laughs> wouldn't do that as easily and it was really nice to have each other as the three of us to stop and to pivot to something light you know and i think 
whether that was just like us being together playing our celebrity game, which I love and could be a whole nother episode or, you know, go... Erin got her second book deal while I was there. Like there were a lot of really (laughs) magical things that happened while we were in that week. And that day we were all in the middle of working. We're like, let's go out to dinner. Let's get out of here. Let's, it was a simpler time when we could do that. And I think just having that connection and able to, like you were saying, no, like there, there's so much emotion and there's so much heaviness in the world. It's so important to, have these light things that whether it's being around people or I think there's certain pieces of art that can do that for us that are cozy and that, Mm. you know, anyway, you guys recently watched Twilight as a cozy thing recently. Mm -hmm. But another, another one of those things, like I mentioned, like practical magic that we bonded over, which is so random that this Mm -hmm. was, I mean, maybe a lot of people love this this film. The more I've talked about it to people, the more people have said me too. But Sister Act 2, one of mm-hmm. the rare sequels that is better than the original. Why do you guys love this movie? Why did we we bond over this movie? It came up for us to watch it. I, I think this is worth noting. Much like I lived in my Little Women costume, Noah's costume for the um, week was he has a robe. It's a beautiful <laughs> linen robe. It's, um, it's, it's a lovely robe. <laughs> lovely robe. Um, and they have a hat that I believe is like more of a decorative hat. Or is it just your no. hat, Aaron? That's just for it's, easy access. That only lives there for easy access. Okay. Easy access. Uh, my, my, my wide brimmed like straw beach hat. You know, Straw like beach hat. hat. It mm-hmm. lives near the door. It's an, it's very accessible if anyone needs it while in the church. <laughs> and when Aaron, I'm sorry, when Noah pairs that with his dark navy robe, he is fully in costume as the character Father Ignatius from Sister Act 2. <laughs> and Sister Act <laughs> 1, I guess. And it, so that's, that must have been how it came up, right? Like Noah was just in costume. I, like maybe it came up like that. Well, I mean, yeah, no, it did. It did. Did it? Is that how it came up? We, yeah. when we had moved in, yeah, Noel walked walked around <laughs> in this robe, and he got this robe. Yeah, it was new. This robe, and like he was just joking, and he put on the hat and like stood near the stairs and like recreated the scene from Sister Act Two. And I was like dying and took a photo and sent it to a few friends of mine who were like, d- it was just so funny because it matched exactly the screenshot when you Google like. I don't know if it's Father Ignatius. It's Father something else. Um, or is it Ignatius? <laughs> We're going to have know. to figure that out. I think it's something else. Anyway, and also it was like a joke because Noah's got a shaved head and he looks in his robe. <laughs> he sometimes goes outside and he's like sweeping the <laughs> steps of the church. <laughs> and like it's on a road. So people driving past, like look at him, like he got, he gets like quite a few looks because he's like in a robe. I can't figure out what, what faith this church is. <laughs> Denomination. <laughs> oh, so, um, good. so, you know, anyway, but sister act two, I've always loved sister act two. I love Lauren Hill. I love, I love a choir. I love a choir. Yeah. Um, again, not religious, just love a bunch of people singing together. And, I just have always loved the choir. I love Lauren Hill. I love the attitude, the sass. There's nothing about that movie I don't love, to be honest. A choir that dances. I mean. And a choir that dances. One of my favorite bits is like 
at the end when they're dancing in their robes at like the final like competition and then she's like take them off and they all take them off and they're dancing in their like you know street clothes street clothes (laughs) and it's just such a triumphant moment of embracing who you really are and not pretending to be anything but that i really love that sentiment thanks do you guys remember when you each first watched it or when you watched it together? Oh, God. I think I first watched it with my brother. We would have, like, rented it on VHS at the video store. Or DVD. No, would it have been VHS? I don't know. Yeah. Back Do you guys know what year it came out? I don't know. Do you want to guess? Was it... Oh, it was 90... Was it 96? It was, Aaron, do you want to guess? It was definitely like 90 something. So hold on. If I was 90, yeah, I feel like it, I think you're right. Like 90, 96, 90, 98. <laughs> no, 1993. <gasps> what? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my God. I was only 13 when it came out. I was yeah. only 11. I was three. <gasps> Baby oh, that, Katie. Oh, makes, yeah. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. While you guys have a think on the movie, I'm going to just, just to get us back into the feeling of it. I'm going to read you some facts. When the students are rapping on the basketball court, mm-hmm. Rita, Lauren Hill, starts rapping, and that was improvised. Did you guys know that? No. No. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And Whoopi Goldberg, her daughter was in the film, apparently, as one of the students. Wow. I'm not sure which one. Is and it was the theatrical nice? debut of Lauren Hill. I did know yeah, that. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah. 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 And oh, this this one's interesting. The famed high note performed by Ryan Toby, a mall, during the Oh Happy Day is yeah. a natural E high note, and it's one of the highest and toughest notes to hit for singers and vocalists. And he was 16 years old during the shooting of the movie. Wow. What is he doing now? Yeah, I don't know. I'll 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 get that information. I'll call research. <laughs> Noah, what do you love about the film? I love how it kind of is so daggy. So it just has this real, oh, that's, that's not a word that we use in America. It's kind of, um, it's just so not cool, but cool. I don't know. It just has this real, like, sometimes it's a little bit cringeworthy to watch, but it's kind of, I don't know. That wasn't a very articulate answer. Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of get that though. It, it is that. It is definitely yeah. like, it's not that cool, but it's really cool. Well, I think it got a really, I think it was a really low rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, let me find that out. Yeah, I think I'll it's like call research 27% or something. That is not it's weird. It's a, that's the thing with Rotten Tomatoes or, or any reviews. It's like most people you talk to about Sister Act 2 love Sister Act 2. Yeah. Who are these people that don't? It's only the people that actually go on and like... Hate is going to hate. Oh my God. Guys, this just in from research. I am shocked, honestly. 7%. 7? No. Oh my God. That That is ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. Everyone loves that movie, right? Yeah. Because there are other movies that are terrible that have a much higher rating. Right. Like I said, only a certain type of person is going to go on there and vote. <laughs> right. About something it's good or not. And they they're not the kind of people we maybe want to listen to. But I think it is cool and not cool. I'm I love Whoopi Goldberg's use of sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah, some pretty, yeah, that's, some pretty yeah. cool like 
sunglasses. I love Lauren Hill's mother's outfit. Oh. Pointed out to me. Yes. When we were watching it, Katie, they are pretty, pretty fierce. I wanted yeah. all of her dresses. Yeah. If you guys want an update on Ryan Toby, um, aka Amal. Yes. I've got that information from Research for you. Okay, so Ryan Toby is a singer, songwriter, producer, and actor. But the first line on Wikipedia tells us that he is best known for his role as a mall in the 1993 film <laughs> Sister Act 2. <laughs> so okay. it looks like um, he is working, but um, I think he, totally. he is a gem of that film. Yeah, he um, really is. Highlight. I want to end with a, a bit of a quiz from Sister Act 2, but I just want to talk about my relationship to the film and how watching it with you guys was one of my favorite nights in the church because we talked about, you know, so many films that we had in common or movies we wanted to watch. And most nights we ended up like saying we would watch a movie and just talking and laughing until late and not watching anything. And this night we actually did watch something and it was what you were saying about simplicity of like needing to tune out and, and shut down. And I think we need that more than ever right now. And so for people listening who haven't watched this film, or even if you have watched it recently, like I cannot think of a better time to watch this. I've been trying to learn the dance of joyful, joyful and trying to get um, Aaron and Noah to learn it with me. I really hope that that pans out, but we, the night that we watched this, we, we watched it. It was, it was just, ultimate joy like i just felt so much joy throughout the entire process of that like everything that we laughed at and everything that we it just was lovely and then after we proceeded to watch like share music with each other and watch some of our favorite bands which another alternative was the music of the musical group that we all love big thief which also, if, if I had to choose another sound of my time in Byron, it would be driving around listening to Big Thief with you guys. Yeah. There was but, something so beautiful about just sitting there sharing music with each other, laughing, talking about what we're into. And that's that's exactly what I want this format of the podcast to be, which is that like it's really lovely to ask people questions and learn about their life story. But I think you can actually learn a lot about someone and where they are presently by talking about art and culture and mm. pop culture and silly things and music and bonding over those things. And people really come alive when they talk about not necessarily themselves, but about what and who they love and what their vision for their life is. Mm, that's so true. Yeah. Well, you guys are a delight. Thank you so much for doing this. I love you so much. And I hope people can sense how great you are. And I hope this was fun to listen for people who weren't us, because I'm really <laughs> glad that actually we have a time capsule of all the things we constantly talk about. But if I was listening and I got to know things or be reminded of Big Thief and Practical Magic and Persimmons and churches and... <laughs> connecting with your friends over voice text you know there are wor there are worse things so anything else that you guys want to share or remind people of mm, no i feel complete watch sister act two if you haven't yeah definitely watch sister act two practical magic twilight i'm not sure if i would recommend the whole five but you know just take care of yourselves and check in with your friends and what else? Do nice things to make yourself feel cozy right now. 
And read Aaron's book. Thanks, <laughs> And also, mm-hmm. can you guys just quickly tell about what you did the other day when you played Santa Claus? We have a really beautiful community in, oh, in right. yeah. the area that we live. And it's been really hard for people not to be able to see each other. Because as Katie mentioned, when we go out, we see people all the time. And we've been cooking a lot and baking a lot. And I've made a couple pumpkin pies, made Aaron's birthday cake, Aaron made an almond cake. And we have these herbs growing. Anyway, so we decided to make little care packages for our friends and do door drops. So we just let them know that we're coming, put it on their door, and they come out and get a little goodie package that Aaron has so beautifully put together. And you. So yeah, that's what we've been doing. We've been sharing the love and, I don't know, just getting a piece of pumpkin pie dropped in your door just because it's pretty fun to give to people. So yeah, that's what we've been doing. I wish that I could get one of those. I love you guys so much. Thank you for doing this. Thanks for having us. Bye. Oh, let's do the let it out deep breath together. Inhale. Let it out. (sighs) That was great. Okay, that was my episode with Aaron and Noah. I hope that you enjoyed it. And I'm so grateful again that you're here. I want more of you. So send me a message on Instagram. We're at let it out with three T's. And of course, my Instagram, you can follow me too if you want. It's Katie Dalebach is my name. And Noah doesn't have social media, which is really badass. And Erin does, but I know she would love to hear from you. So comment the emoji there. The emoji for this week's episode. Is there a nun emoji? If there, I don't think there is. Okay, I'm thinking this off the top of my head. A hat. I think like a big sort of hat because we talk about that moment where Noah's wearing the hat and he looks like Father Ignatius. So if you can find a big hat emoji, like not a baseball cap preferably, that would be great if you could comment that on our Instagram. And you're going to hear the BuzzFeed quiz now. Uh, Good luck if you want to follow along. It's very easy, honestly. And I hope that you're feeling cozy and safe and staying well wherever you are. I love you. I'm so grateful that you're here. If you want more of of me, (laughs) there's the kits, our creativity kits. We have one for journaling and writing. If you want to do something introspective, that kit is available for you. If you are experiencing heartbreak, we have a breakup series that's there for you. And of course, you know, there's, there's more coming. So if you want to try that out, the code is HOLIDAY for a big discount. Um, you know, it is that time of year where the Cyber Cyber Monday? Yeah, Cyber Monday. Anyway, love you, and I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to see if we as a family can do this BuzzFeed Sister Act to quiz? <laughs> oh my goodness. I wasn't expecting this. Okay. I think we can do it. All right. What is the name of the character played by Whoopi Goldberg? Sister Mary Clarence. No, 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 no. I'll let you take that again. Let me give you a multiple choice problem. Lizzie, Eleanor, or Dolores? Dolores. Oh, Dolores. Yeah, that that is a toughie. Okay, correct. What is her job? Accountant, waitress, beauty consultant, or singer? Singer. That's correct. This is very easy. Where does Dolores go into the witness protection program? An airport, a house, a church. A church. Guys, this is 
horrifically Both. easy. Who <laughs> did write? You didn't have to like <laughs> watch the movie to know its <laughs> What's the sisterly name given to Dolores? Sister, Sister Mary, Mary Beyonce. Mary. These are funny. <laughs> Sister Mary Patrick. Sister <laughs> Maria Jose. <laughs> Sister Mary Clarence. That is correct. Mary Clarence. Um, what are three vows she must accept? Oh, this. Okay, this is a little hard. Poverty, selfishness, and chastity. Oh, I'm sorry. Selflessness. This is hard. I don't know this one. Mm. Is those, those are the two options? <laughs> yeah, they're like both. They're like basically the same. I'm just gonna choose one. What do you think, Noah? A. A. Okay. That is correct. Yay! Good job. Who plays Rita in the sequel? Oh my God, you guys. This is so be, easy. Oh, Rita. Oh, sorry. Um, Rita is Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. All right, let's just get to the end of this. What does Dolores rewrite my guy to? My God. That's correct. <laughs> Where does... It's like it's been timed. I'm like saying it as fast as I can. Uh-huh. Where does Sister Mary Clarence sneak off to at the night? A bar, Where's another he- church, a cinema, or a concert? Maybe a bar? Wait, where does she sneak off to? Where? At the, when? One night. Another church. Her, another church? No, that's wrong. It was a bar or one. A bar. These maybe are about Sister Act One, which is not as good. Fill in the blank. Out of bed, you blank head. Lazy, Daisy, Mary, Hazy. Hazy? What? <laughs> These are getting a little rough. All right. Well, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say we. Oh, it was Daisy. That doesn't make any sense. We aced it. I feel like we aced it. I feel like we should make up our own quiz and put it up somewhere. I think we should. But we did get a 47%, which is not bad. And and higher than the film got on Rotten Tomatoes, so. Okay, true. True. (laughs) 